1: And welcome to the Top Flight Podcast as we continue our Road to Moscow series. Ori Benatar here with Esteban Bailey. The group stage is over and the bracket is totally filled. The round of 16 is ready to start. So quick question for you, Esteban. Is this the best group stage you've ever witnessed at the World Cup?
0: It's definitely in my lifetime. Since I've been watching the World Cup, we've had some hit-or-miss group stage matches over the years. But this had the most drama... Just it was so incredible to watch almost every single day. Almost every single game was entertaining to watch in some form or another. VAR was such an incredible story, the goals were awesome. I mean, I couldn't believe half the time all these games are so amazing. Yeah, I have to say unequivocally, yes, this was the
1: best group stage I've ever seen. I would agree, and the fact that we had. So many groups come down to the last kick. The way I'm thinking of it is that the odd-lettered groups like A, C, E, and uh, G, kind of predictable, kind of didn't end in the most dramatic of ways. But B, D, F, and H, my God, we got some good endings there. And we'll break down which group we thought had the best ending. We're going to go group by group, talk about our favorite game, our favorite moment, and and, in our opinion, who the best player is. And then we're going to predict the entire round of 16 brackets. So... I guess let's start with uh, Group A, which was uh, kind of surprising. Would you say kind of surprising, the fact that Russia finished second pretty easily?
0: Yeah, I think it was pretty surprising that Russia was so good out of the gate. I mean, I was certainly not sure that they were going to get out of the group stage. I thought Egypt was going to beat them. I was also—I mean, that was surprising in and of itself. But also the fact that Egypt was so poor— was also yeah. kind of a story of this tournament. I mean, I fully expected them to make it to the round of 16, but you know, Salah was not at the level that he was at Liverpool and there just wasn't a lot of quality on the Egyptian team and they were roundly defeated by each of the teams. I mean, they they held in strong with the Uruguayans, but Russia beat them pretty easily and then Saudi Arabia got a surprise victory over them. So we, used, we were thinking that Saudi Arabia was the worst team in this tournament, or at least the top three, but it seems like Egypt was worse, which is incredibly surprising.
1: Yeah, I remember when we were previewing the tournament that last day before uh, the Russia-Saudi Arabia game, we were discussing who we thought the zero-pointers could be, and we said Saudi Arabia is in contention. We thought Australia could be a zero-pointer, South Korea, Panama. Panama and Egypt, the only teams in the tournament without zero points. But every team in this World Cup has scored at least two goals. That's the first time that's ever happened. And through the group stage, we only had one scoreless draw, which was the France-Denmark game. So 47 of the 48 group games had a score— And uh, we had 122 goals, so Group A definitely a big part of that because Russia beating Saudi Arabia 5-0 and then beating Egypt 3-1. Not many games that were that close or exciting. For me, my favorite game was the opener because it got us off to a good start and also it exceeded expectations. I think everyone thought that Russia-Saudi Arabia was going to be a snooze. It wasn't going to be exciting, and it turned out to be a very good game, so that's my favorite game. Yeah, my favorite game was the Russia-Egypt game.
0: Uh, I was not rooting for Russia in this game, but it was just really surprising to see that Egypt— just completely capitulated in the second half. I mean, when Russia went up 3-0, I thought, wow, this is one of the most shocking results of the World Cup just because of our uh, preview and predictions before the tournament. But, you know, Salah got his goal with a penalty. There was kind of this belief that maybe Egypt could pull off the miracle. But, you know, this this group was pretty weak in general. But I, I would say that was probably my favorite game just because of the surprises.
1: Russia Egypt was probably the second best game, and then it was nice to see Saudi Arabia get a late win. The best moment for me by far has to be El Hadari's penalty save. El Hadari, the oldest player to ever appear in a World Cup game for Egypt when he played in goal against Saudi Arabia, 45 years old. He goes out and saves a penalty. Didn't help him out much, but man, that was an awesome moment. No, that was yeah, that was definitely my favorite moment of the group of group A, and one of my favorite
0: moments of the entire tournament. I mean, you almost expected it when he when he got the when they called the penalty. By the way, that was a very strange game because two penalty uh, kicks in the same half within like five minutes of each other. I know there was a lot of Egyptian fans and American-Egyptian fans that were rooting for Egypt. They were thinking the fix is in. Saudi Arabia paid off. FIFA, this is ridiculous. How could VAR give up two penalties in the same game? But that was a pretty incredible save
1: even though it didn't matter too much. I agreed, and VAR obviously has been a big talking point. The amount of penalty kicks we've seen in this tournament has been outrageous. It's already the most penalties ever in a World Cup, and the group stage just finished. And this happened way before the group stage was even over. There's been well over 20 penalty kicks, and VAR has played a big role. We'll definitely discuss uh, VAR throughout the next couple podcasts and definitely when the tournament's over. Uh, Best player in Group A? For me, it's between a Uruguayan center back or maybe Shirasev or Zubis. who would you say who's your best player in Group A? My
0: play, My best player was actually uh, Gullivan. I thought he was uh, just he didn't play in the final game, which I think is probably a reason why. Uh, Russia was so roundly defeated by the Uruguayans, but he was really good in the first match. He was really good against Egypt. He was the guy that was making the midfield in Russia tick. Uh, Cherchev was also really good. Obviously, he was finishing a lot of uh, chances, and he was in the running for the golden boot, but I think Gullivan was really the star player for Russia, and the real revelation that came from that Russian team that makes me think that maybe they might have a chance
1: in the second round, but I guess we'll get to that later. Right. Russia going to be playing Spain on Sunday. Golovin was tremendous. But for me, I kind of have to do co-players. I wrote in my article, Best of Group A, Jose Jimenez. Just because, you know, I kind of feel like you have to only pick one. But with Jimenez, you also have to talk about Godin. These guys play... Literally every single game of soccer they play or football is together because they play for Uruguay together. They play for Atletico Madrid. Jimenez, I said, got the edge because he got the winning goal against Egypt in the 89th minute, which really helped Uruguay. And Uruguay was one of only three teams that finished perfect, along with Croatia and Belgium. And Uruguay just got the job done. They're the only team in this tournament that hasn't conceded a goal. Yes, they haven't played that many quality teams, you know, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and then a weaker Russia side who had 10 men for most of the game. But Jose Jimenez and Diego Godin are by far the best center back pairing of this tournament as Uruguay and Russia are going through through Group A. But let's now get to our first group that had a wild finish in Group B. Within seconds of stoppage time, two VAR decisions in both simultaneous games, flip-flopping Spain and Portugal. We were on track for Portugal to win the group and Spain to come in second, but Iago Aspas's goal was reversed and a... Called the goal because of VAR, and as that review was happening, Iran got a penalty that was VAR reviewed, and they awarded the penalty. Iran scored it, and Iran almost beat Portugal and knocked them out. That was an insane ending, Esteban. I mean, I was
0: I couldn't believe that he I, when he hit the side net when the Iranian player hit the side net against Portugal. I genuinely believe for about two seconds that it went in and that it had just flown out through the back of the goal it was so shocking to me that iran had, had got that chance so late in the game and they didn't bury it i mean it's it really what a day I I, I I nearly had a heart attack I, I was watching both games at the same time i was freaking out i thought spain was going to come in second it was going to ruin the world cup hopes and then aspa scores this crazy goal that by the way let's i want to mention this because no one has talked about this uh they get a spain gets a corner kick uh, here's the thing. They took the corner kick from the wrong side of the field, or n- not on the wrong corner. They should have gotten it on the left side, but they took it from the right side, and Spain gave it to Carvajal, and Carvajal passed it over to y- to Aspas, and he scored. But the referee... Oh, really? Yeah, seriously. If you watch the replay, uh, Asensio kicks it towards the goalie. The uh, The Moroccan goalkeeper hits it towards the left, or at least you know to the screen to the left, and Spain goes to the right, and they kicked the corner kick. And it was insane. No one picked it up. No one saw it uh and then Carvajal who's a much better passer into the box as we've seen with Real Madrid than Jordi Alba he was able to get a, get a pass to Aspas and Aspas scored and VAR, VAR either missed that or couldn't you know change the ruling because of it so it was very strange but it was it was crazy nonetheless
1: huh, i need to look at that again and see cuz i did not pick that up i mean i had the spain game on my little tv and portugal on the big tv but yeah, I didn't catch that. I'll have to watch that no, again. No, it's crazy. And see, no,
0: seriously, watch it because, like, I think only Sid Lowe on Twitter found that saw that saw that as well. So I'm serious. Like, it, it was really crazy to watch. I'm happy about it as a Spanish fan. That was great. Right. Uh, Portugal almost, you know, losing to Iran is it truly insane? And Ronaldo had a, a penalty kick that was. Uh, it, I, it's amazing that Ronaldo and Messi have both had penalty kicks saved by no-name goalkeepers from small countries. Um, right. But I, you know, maybe maybe that'll happen
1: again in the quarterfinals if they meet. Yeah, potentially. We'll have to see if uh, we get a Messi versus a Ronaldo. But Morocco was also close to beating Spain. They were minutes away from getting a victory. Morocco, one of the many examples in the final match day of these teams who had already been eliminated. Their World Cup was over, and they just played so, so well. You know, Peru got a win. They were out. Obviously, South Korea beating Germany. We'll get to that. And, you know, Poland getting a win today. But Morocco, so close to beating Spain. But Spain finishing in first on goals scored, Portugal finishing in second. Uh, best game of the group, it's got to be Portugal-Spain 3-3. But the last two games give them a run for the money.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, that Spain-Morocco game had everything you'd ever want. It was just insane to watch from the beginning to end. Also, the Portugal-Iran game, which should have been a more defensive game, actually ended up being pretty open, which was pretty entertaining. But yeah, Spain-Portugal, I don't think there has been a game that's been better than that. That had all the drama you could ever want from a World Cup match, and it was in the it was the first game of the group stage in, in Group B. So
1: that's that was pretty insane. <laughs> Yeah that was probably that's probably been the best game so far maybe uh, a knockout round game would top it best moment obviously of the VAR basically changing the entire standings i think that's an easy one I think that's a good one. I'm going to say the
0: Ronaldo free kick in the first game. That was, you know, you could see it. It was written in the stars that he was going to hit that, even though he, you know, it's not a secret, but Ronaldo hasn't been able to hit free kicks for about three years now. Uh, And that he hit, that was pretty incredible. And there was a lot of talk that, or not a lot of talk, but I kept thinking that uh, there was something with the ball that this year was going to be crazy, but I guess not. But uh, yeah, I think that was, you know, the VAR decisions were great as moments, but also that Ronaldo free kick
1: yeah that really was a great way to get everyone uh, excited about the world cup Uh, ronaldo a hat trick against their arch rivals last-minute goal to get a point. Best player though, I'm not going to say Ronaldo, because while Ronaldo did score four goals in three games, he didn't score many in open play. You know, three of his goals came off of set pieces. He had the penalty, the free kick, and the corner header. And then the other one was a Howler by David De Gea. And Ronaldo didn't have much many chances to get opportunities from open play against uh, Morocco or Iran. My best player is Isco, because I felt that Isco ran the offense for Spain. He was the one going at defenders. He got his goal against Morocco to help the the first equalizer against Morocco when they were down one nothing, and I, I felt Spain was really lacking. I mean, out of all of the group winners, I felt that Spain actually played the worst out of the eight group winners. I would agree with
0: you that Isco was definitely the the best player in that group. I think he was, you know, he was clearly uh, the guy that was making the the Spanish midfield tick. He was, you know, really good. But I wouldn't say that Spain was the you know the least convincing of all the group winners. I think. To be honest with you, probably Sweden, but... Or maybe even uh, I don't know Colombia. Even though Colombia's had some good games and Sweden's had some good wins, I I don't know. Spain Spain was really good. They just messed up. Each goal that they conceded was a was a, just a small mistake that just ended up being the worst. Or Spain, a set piece, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Spain Spain was dominating each match, and you know they they were really dictating the tempo of the match, and they they just ended up doing little stupid mistakes. So I I like Spain's chances to be honest with you. I like it way more than I did before the tournament. Even though they have made these mistakes, I feel like against better opposition that are not trying to dig in so deep, they might be able to get some more chances from open play and maybe
1: even score a couple more goals. Well, Spain did finish with the lowest amount of points out of all the group winners with five. So that's my main argument for why Spain is the weakest group winner. But Spain is on the easier side of the bracket. I mean, one side is just loaded and then the other side is pretty weak. But let's move on to Group C, which... I think was probably the weakest of the groups in terms of entertaining games. France finishing in first, Denmark coming in second, Peru getting a win against Australia to finish ahead of the Socceroos. Denmark and France, the only scoreless draw in the group stage. That was a snooze. The rest of the games were really not that exciting. You know, everyone's talking about how France is not playing that well. France gets the job done, and they're not playing as flashy as we expect them to be. We expect a roster with Giroud and Griezmann and Pogba and Conte and Lamar and Mbappe and Dembele to be flashy and score three three goals a game. Granted, I think they should have played better against Australia and Peru, but they got the job done. They look very similar in the group stage in Euro. But it's hard to pick a best game out of this group. Mine is Denmark and Australia because at least Australia got close to a win, and both teams were going at each other.
0: I would say the Peru Denmark game was pretty entertaining. Uh, Peru was going at them the whole game, and they should have they should have won the match at least like two one or two or three one. But you know they gave up one counter attack from the Danish, which it, it tends to be the game plan of the Danish: just get one counter attack, and if you score, you score, and if you don't, you just hold out for the draw, as they did against the, uh, against the French. But and against the australians it's just you know uh it was not the greatest of groups I do not like how the Danish team plays I thought Peru was the best the second best team in that group they just couldn't finish which you know I guess if you can't finish then you're not one of the best teams in the group I get it but they played the most aesthetically pleasing football of the of all three teams and uh, the other three teams in the group um still France they should be fine I think having a pretty stout defense in mTt and Varane with Conte. And, you know, their fullbacks are a little questionable. They might be, you know, they're basically playing four center backs with Pavard and Sidibe, or not um, Sidibe, Hernandez. Um, It's interesting that they're going to go with such a defensive style, but I mean, you know, World Cups are won by defense. You know, it's not really that the team who scores the most. It's not like Belgium is unlikely to win this World Cup just because. They don't really have the most stout defense, but uh, maybe France can. Maybe they can just get hot in one game against Brazil or, you know, Portugal or Uruguay in the next round or even Argentina now. Um, I I think there's nothing to worry about with France. It's good that there's no, like, external story or anything about them or expectations being raised. It's
1: just they got in first. They were supposed to get in first. Now they can just keep going. Exactly. And it's just such a shame to see Peru go out early. Peru was a lot of fun to watch. Their fans were fun. And for me, the best moment of Group C, honestly, was seeing the Peruvian National Anthem. I felt that they won the National Anthem game. No Italy this year. You don't get to see Gigi sing his heart out. I felt that Peru narrowly beat Panama in the National Anthem game. The passion they had singing it. Their fans were awesome. They played so well. If they were in Group A, I felt that they probably would have gotten out of the group. But I think Peru will be back with a vengeance in Copa America 2019 next summer in Brazil? I hope so.
0: I would say my favorite moment was Guerrero when he finally scored after going through all the things that he's gone through, seeing all the Peruvian yeah. fans go through it. it. You know, it was nice to see that kind of moment. But clearly, I, you know, it's funny. I think even though Peru played the best, uh, you know, the best football in general and they weren't able to score,
1: I think the best player of this group stage was probably like Ericsson. Would you agree? I say Pogba. I felt that Pogba played really well when he was on the field in general. I mean, he played great against Peru. He looked really good against Australia. He didn't play against Denmark, but Eriksen was fine. I just felt that Eriksen needed just a little more of that wow factor we're used to seeing from him when he plays for Denmark and Spurs. I don't think he had that in the group stage. I think that's fair. He just did score that amazing goal against
0: Australia. And, you know, anything yeah, that was an, big. Yeah, anything that Denmark was able to do in, in the group stage was because of Eriksson. So, I mean, I think that's probably in part to why their style is kind of boring to me because Ericsson usually only created like one or two chances per game. So I, I still have to say that he, he had a profound influence on the Danish team, even though they didn't do that much. But they got through because of him. Um, but, you know, actually speaking of Pogba, not a lot of great goals in this group. I think if I had to pick one, there's probably like. Carillo's Carrillo, goal against uh, Australia was pretty nice. But honestly, I would pick the Pogba own goal that was not given to him or was taken away from him. I thought that was fantastic.
1: I think they kept him. They kept the goal for him. Oh, it's they not, did? It wasn't ruled. Yeah, they kept it. Oh, good. Because I, I, I read that they, they had taken it away from him. I thought that was ridiculous. Now there's been a lot more. There's been a lot of own goals, but that was not one of them. Uh, so Pogba actually got to keep that. I, I think Carrillo's goal was the best as France and Denmark going through in Group C. Uh, two of the 10 European nations in the round of 16, which ties the record for most European nations. Seven of those nations are on one side of the bracket. So there's an 88% chance that we will get a UEFA team making it to the World Cup final. But let's move on to Group D, the group of death, with an incredibly dramatic ending. Marcos Rojo's 86th-minute winner against Nigeria puts Argentina in the round of 16. He saves the other 22 of his teammates from humiliation. Argentina finishes in second behind Croatia. Croatia, for me, was the best team in the group stage. Nine points in the toughest group. They got an 89th-minute winner against Iceland. A little revenge on the team that finished ahead of them in qualifying. My best moment is a tie between the Rojo goal and the Haldorsen penalty save against Argentina that he saved against Messi. I'm going
0: with a penalty save because I can't stand Argentina. So, but (laughs) that was it. Was also pretty incredible that uh, first off that Messi missed that penalty to that player at that moment in the game. You'd expect him to bury it, but of course that moment, that Marcos Rojo moment. You know, I could not stand it while watching it. But seriously, like I have never seen Marco uh, Marco Marcos Rojo uh, score that type of goal. And uh, some some report came out later that his mother said
1: he only uses his right foot for standing. So that's amazing that he scored that goal. Yeah, that finish was impeccable for a defender, and that is actually the second time in the World Cup he scored a winner against Nigeria because he had the header in 2014 to beat them 3-2. That was an early second-half goal. I think Argentina-Nigeria is the clear winner for best game. I think Argentina and Iceland was very, very close. But, man, Nigeria, one of the many African... Them and Senegal just unlucky to not be in the next round. Nigeria was so close, but then that one cross from Mercado and then Rojo finishes it. So Argentina's going through. Would you say that they are the least deserving team in the round of 16?
0: Yes, I think that is for sure. They were very lucky to get through. They needed a moment of magic from Messi and Rojo. They played terrible against Croatia. They didn't play that well against Iceland. Both Nigeria and Croatia beat Iceland, and Argentina was unable to do that. I, yeah, this is definitely one of the weakest Argentinian teams to ever make it to the round of 16 and definitely one of the weakest Argentinian teams we've ever seen. However, they still have Messi, and maybe they can start figuring it out now because maybe they'll upset France, and then maybe they're in the quarterfinals and they're playing Portugal and Ronaldo, and that's not, that's not a strong team either, and then boom, Argentina with one of the weakest teams ever is in the semifinals. You never know, and when you have a player like Messi who can score goals like he did in the first half against Nigeria, which was pure class, two touches in the back of the net. I, I mean, my God, he's just so good. It's so hard. It's just so hard to root against him because you know that if he gets one moment, he's
1: very likely to bury it and just completely do it with such class. Ugh, it's just, ugh, I hate it. Yeah, and the goal he scored was with his right foot, an amazing touch off his thigh, and then that control, that was remarkable. But Messi was by no means the best player in this group. For me, that's Luka Madrić, hands down. Yeah, for sure, without, without question. Without question. Yeah, Croatia going in as uh, one of the three teams with nine points, as I mentioned earlier. Winning Group D comfortably. I mean, that is also rare to see uh, a group of death having a team with a perfect record. That's just rare to see. But, man, Croatia is a force to be reckoned with, and they're on the easy side of the bracket. So maybe another run like 1998 as we move on to Group E, where Brazil came in first after a scare against Switzerland and narrowly beating Costa Rica. They had a comfortable win against Serbia, nice and easy. Uh, Costa Rica were the last team to score at the World Cup. They got a 2-2 draw against Switzerland off of a last-minute penalty, which I'll mention as my moment of the group. But Brazil and Switzerland going through this group was pretty much uh, as predicted. The games themselves some drama here or there. Best yeah. one for me was Serbia Switzerland. Yeah, I
0: think that was that was surprisingly uh, excellent. Just a lot of background noise to it that was really good. The whole Albanian Serbian rivalry uh, with Jaka and Shakiri showing those eagle symbols were, was pretty crazy. Those goals were pretty crazy. I mean, it was, that was a surprisingly fun game. I have to say that the Brazil-Costa Rica game was also a lot of fun because even though Brazil had the majority of the possession and they were trying to break down the Costa Rican defense, it, it, Costa Rica had some moments there where they were scaring Brazil. I genuinely thought that Costa Rica was going to get at least a point from it and then Brazil was going to go into crisis mode, but... Coutinho has been, well, you know, I think he was the best player in the group. I mean, Coutinho has been unbelievable. And the fact that, you know, Neymar was able to get his goal and there was this, you know, huge relief after the match. I think Brazil, I think they're, they've arrived at the World Cup. They're ready to win it. I think, I feel bad for Mexico because I think Brazil is just going to wipe the floor through their part of the bracket until
1: at least the semifinals. Yeah, I think Brazil's looking much better. The last two games, I think they just look like a better team. The first game, they were decent, but not as good as they were in the last two. But I still think they need to change up front. I think Gabriel Jesus and Willian should make way for Roberto Firmino and Douglas Costa. That's my opinion. My moment of the group, personally, is the tying goal that Costa Rica got against Switzerland because Brian Ruiz basically kicked the penalty into the bar, and then it deflected off of Jan Somer. But if you had to go with a more serious one, then I would say Neymar's reaction to Brazil beating Costa Rica because he just, you know, let it all out and was just in tears.
0: Yeah, I think those are great moments. I mean, that's the thing. This group had a lot of moments, even if the entire games weren't as entertaining uh, as you would want. But, like, I, I would also want to mention the Shakiri goal and he took well, off his jersey. Yeah. And he just, what a strange body he has. Uh, he looks built, but it's very oily and very strange. Uh, just <laughs> what? That, no, it looked weird. It's just a strange, muscular body. He's so stocky and right. it's, just, it's just funny. But, so he uh,
1: has got a strange body, huh? He's got
0: a strange body. It's I, I'm about it. Good for you, man. Don't kick my ass. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's pretty, it's, it was cool. And I thought it was a great moment when he just took off his jersey and he showed off the eagle sign just to piss off the Serbian fans. That's, that's what you want in a World Cup. You want geopolitical, you know, you want that geopolitical stuff to get involved in the matches. It's just so much more fun and
1: entertaining. But yeah, I think that Brian Ruiz goal was just hilarious and awesome. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time you saw a penalty that was awarded an own goal? Because if you play Fantasy World Cup and you had Brian Ruiz and someone else had Jan Somer, oh God, I feel terrible for both of you because it's a lose-lose because Ruiz gets docked for the missed penalty and Somer gets docked for the own goal and conceding. So that's definitely not fun. It was definitely uh, a best FIFA pl- goal. <laughs> It's a FIFA goal, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I don't get goals like that in FIFA. I don't have those weird glitches all the time, but I see them constantly on YouTube. I just so don't going. have those happen to me. <laughs> um, but the best player in the group, I think, was Coutinho, hands down. I thought he was better than Neymar. I thought he was more instrumental than him, and he's just a game-changing player. Yeah, 100% agree. He was fantastic in the group stage, and I think if uh, Brazil goes all the way to the final, he'll, he'll, he'll probably win the golden ball. Probably. I think he's on pace to win the golden ball. That would be Liverpool fans' worst nightmare and a Barcelona fan's greatest dream. As we move on to Group F, oh, my God, Germany came in last for the first time in 80 years. Germany do not advance out of the first round of the World Cup. Unfreaking believable. The last time they didn't get out of the first round, it was literally Nazi Germany and World War II was about to start. That's how (laughs) long it's been. I mean, yeah. They lose to South Korea 2-0 in the last game because Neuer was basically playing striker. That's a FIFA moment right there. You're up 7-0 against your buddy. You go all the way with your goalie to try and score. (laughs) But my God, this group was wild. Every team got a win. Germany coming in last. Sweden coming in first. Mexico coming in second. Group F was just nuts. I mean, unfreaking believable what happened in this group.
0: Uh, I I would probably say it was the best group of the tournament, just with the pure drama. Almost every single game had drama that was insane, uh, or an, an incredible goal, or just like fans that were going insane. It was just amazing. Um, when I was I was watching the Mexico game and Sweden went up 3-0, I thought that's this is it. This is the most Mexican national team moment I've ever seen. They're going come to come in third, even though they beat Germany and they beat South Korea because Germany's going to win. They're going to score like in the 92nd minute, and that was going to be it. But no, Hummel's missed. Like three clear chances in the final minutes of the game, the Korean defense was stout, and they got they got that 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 goal. I could hear my building like shaking because of the Mexican fans that I'm like uh, that are my neighbors. They were just so loud. They were screaming at the top of their heads when the Koreans scored against the Germans, and that basically sealed the deal for Mexico. They played poorly against Sweden. They seem to have a problem against uh, Scandinavian teams. They lost two 0 to Denmark before the tournament. I think they struggled against Iceland in the in the run up. Thankfully, they're not going to have to play any more Scandinavian teams. They're all on the other side of the bracket, but now they have to play Brazil because of their, you know, un- 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 you know, inability to draw against Sweden.
1: Right, and I think the best thing that happened with that South Korean win over Germany is that Mexican and South Korean relations permanently have a peace treaty. I mean, they were <laughs> discounting flights to Seoul. They were carrying Korean fans in Russia. The people in Mexico city went to the embassy to celebrate unbelievable scenes between South Koreans and Mexicans. That was just pretty remarkable to watch. Was uh, so, that was bad. I mean, my moment of, of the group has got to be the South Korean win. Cause even though they were likely out, they mathematically still were technically in, they needed um, Mexico to win and they need to win. So then it was a three-way tie with three points but they basically were out and they just played with their hearts and they had so many counterattacking chances because Germany was committing literally 11 players forward, including their goalkeeper. And that last goal was just amazing. Open net, guy just launches it. Sun just runs with everything he has. And South Korea comes up with probably the biggest upset of the tournament in terms of one game. So that for me is my moment of the group. But my best game is the Germany-Sweden game.
0: So I'd say that my best moment... Well, it, it comes in the same as my best game. Uh, I, I think the Germany-Sweden game was maybe one of the best ga- games I've ever seen at a World Cup. But since you've already mentioned it, I'll say that the other best game of this group was Germany versus Mexico. And the best moment was w- when Chucky scored against Me- uh, Germany. I mean, what a shock. That was the first real big shock of the tournament Blazano scoring that incredible counterattacking goal—it really showed that Germany was really flawed in this tournament, and, and that it was very like I, I can't believe we couldn't just see that Germany was not going to get out of this group. They played so horribly against the Mexicans, and it was so nice to see the Mexican fans finally reveling in the fact they did it—they beat the world champions. They have a chance in this tournament, even though they screwed it up against Sweden. But yeah, that Sweden Germany game. Just drama, drama, drama. And I can't believe we've had such a... You know, that Tony Cruz goal was going to be the thing that catapulted Germany to another World Cup. But, wow, nope. it's so pointless now. It's crazy.
1: Nope. I mean, Germany was absolutely pathetic. The amount of passes around the box, the lack of urgency to take a shot. They played with no urgency. And everything had to go through Cruz Thomas Muller didn't even start in the last game. Ozil didn't play in the second one. Why not take Leroy Sané? Just why did you not take him? Why did you not take Goetze? Why didn't you not take Scherler? Maybe Goetze I get because he's been like, you know, a middle-of-the-line player for Dortmund now in the Bundesliga, but why not take Leroy Sané? He is the perfect player to help you in that scenario, but... It is the defending champion's arrogance, I guess, because this is the fourth time in the last five World Cups that the reigning champion is out at the group stage, the third consecutive time it's happened. So we know that whoever wins this year, you're not getting out of the group in Qatar 2022. So that's a safe prediction. But best player in Group F, Chucky Lozano is in the mix. But for me, it was Andres Gronkvist because he was the, the cog for Sweden, the captain, two penalties, and he kept that Swedish team so organized. And Sweden... Do not discount them out as a potential semifinalist. They are—they are for real.
0: No, they're absolutely for real. I fully expect them. We'll get to the predictions later, but I—I I fully expect Sweden to beat Switzerland. I think Sweden is clearly this year's Costa Rica, a team that you know that surprises everyone with their defensive resiliency and their ability to just get goals out of nowhere to take them through to the next round. Um, I think that's a great pick. But I'll pick uh, uh, Hector Herrera. From Mexico, Even though Chucky was, you know, very dangerous and he was, you know, the catalyst to that team, Herrera was the guy who was just running the show for Mexico. His dribbling in the middle, his possession, his ability to just, like, you know, start the counterattacks. He was excellent in that game. And now there's talks that Arsenal is looking into buying him. I think he plays in the Portuguese League. He's very, very talented. And I think that... You know, Herrera against Brazil maybe he could do something against those Brazilian midfielders maybe Paulinho can't defend him maybe Casemiro gets you know a yellow card and tries can't defend him as well you never
1: know but I think Herrera is really important and I think he was really good in this in this group stage he did play very well Mexico coming in second Sweden finishing in first Uh, I believe Sweden came in first because of goal difference. I believe that was the reason they came in first, because they both had six points. Moving over to Group G after Group F, the most exciting group in this tournament. Belgium gets the win over England today, 1-0. They win the group Adnan Yanezai, scoring a beautiful goal against the three Lions as both teams started their bench players. tunisia Panama was not that bad. You have to... You have to agree with me on that it, it wasn't you know that what? bad wasn't, of a game. No,
0: it wasn't that bad at all. It was totally acceptable. You know, you know what it was? It was typical of the group stage of this tournament. And I think that's a great that's a great sign that you had these two terrible teams that actually had a pretty fun game. It was definitely better than the England Belgium game, but it was not yeah. as you predicted the best game of the tournament.
1: No, it was not. That's fine. Portugal Spain was no problem, but Belgium and England comfortably going through group G crushing Panama and Tunisia, both of them. The route of the group stage, probably England beating Panama 6-1, five of those goals. Coming in the first half, Harry Kane, the golden boot leader, the best game for me was probably Belgium-Tunisia, just because Tunisia was keeping it more competitive in the first half and were attacking a little bit. And the fact that it had seven goals, that kind of helped. So I would say Belgium-Tunisia, personally. Well, well england Panama also had seven goals, but uh, <laughs> a different scoreline. But right. I would say that my
0: favorite game from Group G was uh, England-Tunisia. It was a tense game. England's you know, they gave up that penalty. Um, I thought England was going to do the same thing that they always do. But, you know, Captain Kane came in at the end to score that goal. And the scenes in London and in England uh, were just incredible. I had never seen English fans get so worked up over the World Cup. It always seems that they're always sad and that they're never playing well. So it's nice to see, you know, this passionate fan base finally get a victory and get their World Cup
1: off to a good start. Yeah, just barely getting that winner from Harry Kane. The best moment of the group for me was when Panama got their goal against England because their fans, I've never seen fans that happy after losing 6-1.
0: Yeah, I think, that was, uh, I think that was definitely the best moment of the group. I don't like Panama. We've gone over this, but, like, that was nice to see. You know, that's, it's a small country. They're likely—I mean, they may come back to another World Cup with a World Cup uh, increasing to 48 teams, but it is, you know, they weren't supposed to be here this year, and, you know, they scored goals. And that was—that's that's as much as you could have expected from Panama. So good, good for them, uh, good for their fans.
1: Yeah, nice to see them get two goals. Uh, the best player, I've got to go with Romelu Lukaku. Oh, I'm going to go with Kane. Okay. Kane Luka. had more goals. He
0: was more influential for
1: his team, and Lukaku yeah, but, but got hurt. But four, four of his goals. I mean, all his go- two from penalties. Two from corners on bad defending, and the other one was a lucky deflection. Lukaku at least got some some nice goals in his locker. That's true.
0: But you know, Kane did those penalties were pretty spectacular. You have to give him bonus points because he's English. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that's true. Those were two of the best penalties. So maybe nah, England if goes to a penalties, they're not winning. It's not gonna happen. So yeah, group <laughs> G pretty plain Jane, pretty simple. But group H, man, we said this was gonna be the most even group in the tournament. We said it would be the most open. And it literally was the closest it could get because Japan goes through on the fair play points tiebreaker. The first time that's ever happened in World Cup history. Basically, because Japan and Senegal both lost one nothing today, Poland getting the win against Japan, Colombia beating Senegal, Japan and Senegal had the same amount of points, the same goal difference, same goal scored. And same goals against. The next tiebreaker is fair play points. Because Japan had two less yellow cards than Senegal, they go through to the round of 16, which means for the first time since 1982, no African side is in the second round of the World Cup or in the round of 16. Poor Senegal. I feel horrible for them. I would have loved to see maybe a shootout tiebreaker, but or even if it went to a draw of lots, at least have fate yeah, I determine think, who goes through.
0: Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the African teams... Morocco was really good at this tournament. They were unlucky to lose to Iran, they were unlucky to lose to Portugal, and they were unlucky to, to draw with uh, Spain. Um, th- I mean, my goodness. You, 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 and then Nigeria, they should have gone through, but of course, Marcos Rojo. and then Senegal. Senegal played better than Japan. They were a better team than Japan. They just gave up one goal against... Poor, you know, against Colombia, who wasn't playing very well themselves. I mean, and then it, I have to say this: I, I'm really happy for the Japanese. You know, we were very, we didn't think they were going to do anything at this World Cup. We thought they were going to come in last. Uh, but at the end of those, at the end of the Japanese uh, Japan polling game, they were just like, "We're not going to tackle. We're not going to do anything. We're not. We're just going to pass the ball around the sides. We're not going to try to do anything. We're not going to try to get the equalizer." And I thought that was a little. That was a little, you know, not nice. And I, I didn't think it was right for the Japanese players to just give up so easily, even though they knew that the if they got a yellow card, they'd be eliminated, or a couple yellow cards, they might have been
1: eliminated. I just... Yeah, the, yeah, just the end wrong. of that game was a snooze. Yeah, it's just wrong. I, I, didn't, li- I didn't like when they did that, yeah. I Yeah, I, I think it's wrong. Yeah, Colombia finishing in first. The best game... This game, this group had a lot of good games, but I think the best one was Japan-Senegal. That game was amazing. Yeah, I think 90 minutes absolutely of just right. pure attacking. And then uh, best moment, Falcao goal. Ooh, that's a good one. It was nice to see him finally get that goal, especially after missing 2014 when mm-hmm. he was like the best striker in the world. Um, I'll go, best yeah, you know,
0: I'll go. Wait, well, actually, I want to. I want to mention that Senegalese goal against Poland in the second okay. one when uh, the Senegalese player was out injured and he was on the touchline waiting oh, to come yeah, back in. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was so weird. But then you saw the Senegalese fans just going insane because they had just upset the, the Polish and the leaders. And we were like, oh, my God, Senegal might actually do something at this tournament. Maybe they're going to be like in 2002 and make the quarterfinals. Of course they didn't. But that was that was a fun moment to see the African fans. Africa was having a pretty tough World Cup at that time. And they, you know, they eventually did have
1: a terrible World Cup. But that, that was a ray of sunshine. Yeah, out of all the teams that are out, Senegal is the one that I'm really upset or eliminated, along with maybe Peru, because I would have liked to see more of them. Best player in the group for me is Juan Quintero. He was the best. He was amazing for Colombia.
0: I'll also say uh, Kiske Honda. He, you know, every time he came on, he made something happen for the Japanese. It was crazy. He scored, he got an assist against Colombia and he got a goal against Senegal to tie him.
1: He is really clutch. Uh, I'll give him that. He was excellent for Japan once again. The third straight World Cup he has scored. So that's pretty much uh, how the groups panned out. Group F for me was my favorite ending of the group because you have the Korea win, the fair play points in Group H, the Argentina winner in Group D, and the VAR in Group B. That's basically the story of the endings of these group stages. But I thought Group F had the best finish. Yeah, I think you're right, 100%. Alright, so let's go to the round of 16 bracket. It's here. First, let's compare it to what we had for the preview podcast. So out of the matchups, I'm seeing only um, two that are actually going to happen, which is Uruguay, Portugal, and Colombia against England. The rest of them we were way off because... We had Croatia coming in second. We had Peru going through to the quarters. Actually, mm-hmm. we had Egypt finishing in second and a. We had Germany going through. We had Costa Rica going through, and we had Senegal going through. So we're not we're not that off, but Peru quarterfinals was uh, was a little
0: off. I think if they had scored that penalty in the first game against Denmark, I think we would have been talking about
1: Peru going to the quarterfinals and being a real threat to Croatia. But you know that's life. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But let's go through the round of 16 bracket. Let's predict what's going to happen. We're only going to pick the round of 16 games. We're not going to do a full bracket pick. From now on, we'll just go round by round. So let's start off with uh, Uruguay against Portugal. Suarez v. Ronaldo. I'm saying defensive. I'm saying penalty shootout win for Portugal on a 0-0 after 120 minutes. I think that's that's what I've been really
0: going back and forth because I think we're going to get a pretty defensive game. We're going to get a couple chances. We might get a couple red cards. You know, (laughs) Suarez versus Pepe is always fun. And, uh, my God, Jimenez and Godin versus Ronaldo. I think 0-0 is pretty fair, but mm, Portugal does have more experience with penalty kicks. However, I do think that Uruguay is going to win. However, we'll go with Portugal. I think Uruguay is going to win, though, to be
1: honest with you. Okay, you think? Okay, so it's fine. We can be split on that. That's right. So that's, that's right. F- we're not doing that, the whole bracket. I forgot. <laughs> right. So we're good. So okay, you got Uruguay. I got Portugal. Mm-hmm. I, I think this has penalties written all over it because of how defensive these teams are. I think Jimenez and Godín are going to play really tough and tight against Ronaldo. So I think it'll be a pretty, uh, pretty simple game. If it does have a scoreline, then one nothing extra time. But let's move on to France and Argentina. I said that this could be a possibility back in March. And now it's reality. I got France winning 2-1. to one.
0: I think we're in 100% agreement. I think France is not going to vaporize Argentina as they should. But I think France will get the job done. I think Argentina might get a messy penalty from VAR to maybe equalize or just get a goal in the you know the 87th minute to give them a little bit of hope. But I think France is going to show their superiority. If Massacrano is still playing in the midfield, Pogba is going to have a field day. And Bob's gonna have a field day. It's gonna be it might be
1: worse than 2-1, but I think 2-1 is a very conservative and, and a good result for France. Agreed. I mean, I, I just don't think France is gonna come out and score three or four goals against Argentina and wipe the floor like some people are saying. I think they'll be disciplined, they'll be comfortable in the midfield. I mean, Pogba and Conte are gonna do whatever they wanna do, but it is cool that we're gonna be able to see Angolo Conte play against Lionel Messi again after we saw Barcelona play Chelsea in the Champions League this past year but I got to go with France. So that would set up a Euro final rematch between Portugal and France, which would just be amazing. But if Argentina wins and Portugal wins, I can't complain about Ronaldo v Messi. And also, that's the best thing that could happen to Fox for all you American listeners. Oh, yeah. Best thing that can happen to Fox is a Ronaldo v Messi quarter because that's going to get all the people who aren't watching because of the U.S. to watch that game. I mean, who would you th- Well, you
0: know, we don't, we're not doing the whole bracket, but like Portugal-Argentina seems a little unlikely just because Argentina isn't very good. Uh, who the hell would win that game? Ronaldo versus Messi I, I, in the... In, I would
1: pick Portugal. I would pick Portugal to win.
0: You know what? I think so, too. I think I would also pick Portugal. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Ronaldo would then be the GOAT.
1: Well, probably... I I think he's the GOAT either way. I, I'm yeah, not, so do I, I'm, but, you know... <laughs> I'm team Ronaldo over Messi. That's my opinion. Uh, let's move on, though, to uh, Brazil and Mexico. So we all thought Mexico was going to come in first. Avoid playing Brazil. That's not the case. This is the second straight World Cup these two teams are playing. They had a nil-nil scoreless draw in the group stage because Guillermo Ochoa basically turned into a brick wall that just could not let a goal in. I'm going with another two nothing Brazil win. Very simple.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to be a little. I'm going to think one nil Brazil. I think Mexico is going to have a lot of chances on the counterattack. Mexico matches up better with Brazil than they do with Sweden brazil is going to try to have all the possession and they're going to try to break down mexico but i think mexico will be better prepared for that game i still don't think mexico is going to get to the quinto partido i feel bad for them because like they had it they were they were right there they could have had an easier path to even the semifinals. but i it's a bridge too far to expect mexico to beat brazil but i'll be rooting for them vamos mexico
1: wait what did you say quinto and something Quinto partido. it's the quarterfinals it's a fifth match Ah, I mm-hmm. see. Learning a little Spanish. I did Spanish on Duolingo for like a month. It didn't really hold. It didn't really last. The other match in the the tough part of the bracket, since this is really the 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 real side of the bracket with the good teams, Belgium and Japan. These two teams played each other at the two thousand and two World Cup in the opening game of the group stage. It was a dramatic two two draw. Mark Vilmots had a bicycle kick. I don't think but I don't think Japan's got a chance. Belgium wins three nothing. I say 3-1 because Belgium will give up
0: one goal to Japan. Japan's, you know, they'll, they'll score something. They'll, they'll get into it. Kisuke Honda might score a, an unbelievable either scissor kick or bicycle kick, and it'll be, you know, like, oh, my God, he's like 35.
1: How can he do this? But, yeah, Belgium's going to win 3-1 pretty easily. All right, so that would both give us a Brazil-Belgium quarterfinal. That would be incredible. That's I mean, that's, that's tasty. what we predicted, but that would be awesome. Yeah. But let's go to the weaker side of the bracket where you've got seven European teams and one South American team. Colombia would have to conquer Europe if they want to get to the World Cup final. But the first game we'll predict, Spain against the host Russia. That's going to be on Sunday. This, for me, is my route of the round of 16. Give me a 4-1 Spain win. I think this is the game where Spain opens up.
0: Oh, I hope so. I'm not sure, though, because, I, I've, you know, Spain makes mistakes, even though they should dominate every team. I want it to be 4-1. I'm going to pick 2-0. Russia's not going to, you know, I think they, their momentum is done. But there might be some weird refereeing decisions, as we spoke about last time. Just, It's hard to bet against the home nation, especially one like Russia, who will get decisions that go their way. And Spain, they lost to South Korea in 2002. I know it went to penalties, but there were some weird decisions in that game.
1: So I'm still picking Spain. I think Spain's going to pretty easily beat Russia. Yeah, Spain also is a team that usually has referee luck by their side. They kind of always had. They just didn't in 2002. In 2010, they had a little bit of luck, but... Not to uh, not to a degree that was really that much of a difference. Like it could be if Russia gets some calls, mm-hmm. but let's go to Croatia and Denmark. It's actually my exact prediction in my personal bracket. I think Croatia will win, but I don't think it's going to be very easy. I think Denmark is going to play really defensive against them and stop Menzukic and Rakitic. I'll go with a 2-1 extra time win for Croatia.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think Denmark is going to try to play in a similar manner that Iceland did, which was the toughest game for the Croatians, but Croatia should still win. They have more quality and they're
1: they're having a, such a great tournament right now. Yeah, they, I think they've been the best team in the group stage purely. But when my new power rankings come out tomorrow, I don't know if I'll put them number one. I just don't know if I'm there yet to say Croatia is the best team at this World Cup. But that would set up a Spain-Croatia quarterfinal. Croatia beat Spain at the Euros two years ago. So that'd be that'd be a really good game. But then you go to the weaker quarter, probably the weakest quarter of the bracket, Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, England. One of those four teams is making a semifinal. And I don't think a lot of people were that like, yeah, one of these four teams is making a semifinal. No question about it. So let's go with Sweden and Switzerland, the all-European matchup. Sweden wins on penalties after a 1-1 draw. I think Sweden wins 2-0
0: easily because I think Switzerland got a bunch of yellow cards. Luke Steiner is not going to play. They were really sloppy against Costa Rica. Costa Rica, like I said, is a very, you know, Sweden is this Costa Rica for the 2018 World Cup. Maybe it goes to penalties just like they did against Greece in 2014. Um, But I I think Sweden's going to pretty easily beat Switzerland. Switzerland is physical and they're tough, but I I think Sweden is just going to, they have momentum and they know that they they have this opportunity that no other Swedish team before them since like 1994 uh, to make the semifinals. So I think Sweden's going to come out pretty easily, to be honest with you.
1: I say I don't think it'll be that easy because Switzerland always gives a fight in the round of 16. The last two tournaments, you know, penalty loss to Poland at Euro and in the World Cup, took a 118th minute Di Maria winner for Argentina to beat Switzerland. So I think they'll give them a game. But Sweden is one of those teams that with the current, you know, path that they are on, I think they would have to win games and penalties to make it to the semifinals. And I think they're one of those teams that, like, Portugal's, you know, oh, they're going to extra time, like, every time they play. No question. No, I mean, that's totally fair. Yeah, because Portugal, three of their four knockout games at Euro went to extra time. The only one that didn't was the Wales semifinal, which they won 2-0. Ronaldo and Nani scoring those goals. So I got Sweden in the quarterfinals. Colombia against England is probably the toughest of these matchups to pick. I think Colombia wins extra time 2-1, so I'm going with seven of the group winners. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with England. I picked England to make oh. the semifinals,
0: uh, and I think they're gonna, I thought they were going to beat Colombia anyways. I was really happy that England lost today, even though I'm an England fan. I think England should win, and they, they will. I think Harry Kane is having a really great tournament. I know Jerry Mina and Devins and Sanchez are pretty good center backs, but England, they like to move around, and the one thing that I've noticed about this Colombian team is when they're compact— They're pretty, you know, it's hard to break them down. But when you bring out their center backs or you're constantly moving and there's constant switching and, you know, passing, they can get caught out. Japan figured that out pretty easily in the first game. England is a much better team than Japan. England plays in a similar style like that. I think Colombia is going to struggle with it. Colombia has always struggled with teams that are trying to move the ball in and around the middle. And I think Colombia can sometimes be one-dimensional. Also, James is not confirmed to be in the next round. And if they don't have James, I know Quintero has been excellent. And, you know, if I, uh, Cuadrado is a dangerous player. And they could have Izquierdo or maybe even um, Luis Muriel from Sevilla on the left. But I still think that England has higher, a better quality. They can – they'll, and I think they'll beat them. I, I don't think it'll be easy. I don't think it'll go to extra time, though. I think England will win, like one nothing or 2-1. See,
1: I agree with the better quality, but I just feel like we're going to – run into the same issue that England's been running into for the past couple of tournaments whenever they do get to the next round is a, a little bit of arrogance and overinflated ego. England has not been tested at this tournament. I don't count the Belgium game as a test because they put their subs out. This will be England's first true test. And speaking of Belgium, you know, Japan, I see that as more of a test than Panama or Tunisia but still Belgium is not going to face a really good team until the quarters when they would play Brazil or Mexico. This is England's first test that we don't really know what this England team is actually like against good opposition. I do agree if Thomas Rodriguez doesn't play that would be huge for Colombia. But I think Yeri Mina has been phenomenal for them at center back. I think he could play really well against Harry Kane. If Mina continues to have a good tournament, he is definitely going to become a Barcelona starter um, in the you know later part of the La Liga season, maybe in, ahead of Umtiti or even PK if PK has a disastrous knockout stage for Spain. Which he might. But I don't know. He might. And I, but I feel that Colombia is going to win the game. I think they have an extra-time winner in them. I don't see England as a team that we know too much about, and I think their youth is going to come back to haunt them because Colombia were a quarterfinalist last time out, and they beat uh, a very good Uruguay team. Even without Suarez, they were able to score two goals against that defense, the same as uh, Portugal's facing on Saturday. So your scenario, you have a Sweden-England quarterfinal. Sweden and England always tend to play good games. I would have Sweden and Colombia don't remember the last time they've played, but looking at that right side of the bracket, you basically only have, I think, three countries that have ever made a World Cup final, Spain, Sweden, and England. So the five out of eight chance that you're going to have a brand new finalist, whereas on the left side of the bracket, you've got Uruguay, France, and Brazil, and Argentina, four world champions, a European champion in Portugal, the best CONCACAF team in Mexico, the best Asian team in Japan, and then the up-and-coming European giants in Belgium, so overall, I think we got some good round of 16 matchups, but the quarterfinal games I think is are really going to get this – World Cup even to the next level, despite an incredible group stage.
0: I, I mean, I'm I'm super excited. I think the round of 16, first off, is going to be incredible. Even though the weaker games, so and you know, to say like Sweden, Switzerland, I think is going to be incredibly dramatic. I think Croatia, Denmark, maybe it's a little boring, but Modric and Rakitic could make a moment of magic that just it just sticks in our minds for the rest of the tournament. Of course, you have the strong games of France, Uruguay, Brazil, Mexico. I mean, I think. Do you think there's really, like, we've seen, this has been the, the World Cup of upsets. You know, Germany's out. A lot of teams have gotten uh, upset. Like, do you think there's going to be, like, of all these games, which one, even if you predicted otherwise, which game do you really see as, like, this is the biggest
1: upset potential? This could be the biggest story of the World Cup if, if this team wins. I honestly think Russia and Spain. I mean, maybe Russia upsets Spain. It's possible. I think it's unlikely, but that's the only one where I'm thinking – that has real upset potential. I don't see Belgium slipping up. I don't see Brazil slipping up. But those are really the only three round of 16 games that it's really a, a bigger team against a much smaller team. The rest of them are very even. Colombia and England are very similar teams in the mm-hmm. sense that they're just under the best teams in their continent. Colombia's right under Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina. England is kind of right underneath, well, Germany not anymore, you know, like Spain and France and yeah. Portugal. I only I mean even the even Brazil, Mexico. Mexico's a very good team and Mexico could beat Brazil. So I think there's only two out of the eight matchups that there's a true, you know, big gap between the quality of the two teams. I think Belgium, Japan, and Spain, Russia. The rest of the games are really, really even. France, Argentina, a little not as even as some of the other ones, but I still think that Argentina, it's messy. It's Argentina. They're always gonna have a chance to win no matter who they're playing. And who knows, he could come up with something crazy and Get themselves back into the final. I can't but believe before it. we uh, before we head off for the day, we talk about best players in each group. Who's the best player in the whole tournament right now? Ooh,
0: that's a tough one. I would probably say the player that has impressed me the most consistently in every game that he has appeared in is probably Coutinho. I think Coutinho has been really, really special at this World Cup. Even though like Brazil kind of scraped by to get in first place. He has just been spectacular. Everything that was coming through the Brazilian attack has gone through Coutinho and not Neymar as we thought it would be in the before the World Cup.
1: Right. So you go with the Barcelona guy. I'll go with the Madrid guy. I feel that Modric has been the best player at this World Cup. He is the leader of that Croatia team. He's incredible. I mean, not just his shooting and his passing. Anytime he touches the ball, you know that Croatia is going to have possession for at least about a minute. Because even if he's got three guys around him, he finds a way to get a pass back to one of his teammates. He finds a way to create space for himself. His touch is unbelievable. His control is second to none. I feel that Modric is the best player in this tournament right now. He's played the best in the games he's appeared in. And I really think that Croatia is a real semifinal finalist contender because you have a weaker Spain side and then other teams that are just not as talented to make a World Cup final. So I feel that Croatia has the best combination of talent and skill to get to the World Cup final over Spain. Who do you have winning the World Cup after this group stage? Oh, God. I mean, there's no favorite anymore. I mean, I had Germany winning it all. That was a stupid (laughs) pick. But, I mean, if I had to pick one favorite, I'm still picking France. I feel that France is the favorite to win it all now because they just get the job done, like I said, many, many times. I think they're going to have the defensive organization and score enough goals to get themselves to the final. I mean, if I had to pick a final right now, I would pick France against Croatia. That's pretty bold. Yeah. I'd pick France, Croatia. That's my final right now. I would say I'm, I, I would be a little boring if France
0: won unless they have an incredible knockout stage uh, performance. But I think right now it's – I'd pick Spain. I still think Spain could make the final. Croatia is pretty tough. Obviously, that's the game I'm looking at as a Spanish fan. But to me, I think Brazil is the team that's going to win this World Cup at this moment in time. Now they, And I still believe that Mexico could beat Brazil – but I still think that Brazil is going to win this World Cup. They just have so much quality. They have so much depth. They're starting to figure it out. They know they can throw a bunch of different looks at you. I just think that at a certain point, you just need the best players, and Brazil has the best players. So I, I think I think Brazil is going to still is going to win this World Cup. They're going to get their sixth.
1: Well, whoever comes out of that left side of the bracket is definitely not going to be considered a uh, weak team because they're going through a gauntlet of world-class talent and amazing teams as that side is really just unbelievable when you're looking at the sides on that uh, in that bracket. But uh, yeah, Friday there's no games. That really sucks. First time in two weeks that there's not a World Cup game. I'm really upset. Yeah, I'm Uh, really sad about that. It's okay. It's only one day. (laughs) Saturday, we get a great day of games. France and Argentina kick us off, and then Uruguay and Portugal. It doesn't get any better than that to start the round of 16. But that was us for today. Thank you, Esteban, for joining me, as always, on this Top Flight podcast. Esteban will be back with uh, a review of the first half of the round of 16 on Sunday, July the 1st. We got a new month coming up. And then on the 4th, Ashley and I will be reviewing the entire round of 16 and those second half worth of the games and then previewing and predicting the quarterfinals. So for Esteban Bailey, I'm Maury Benatar. Thank you for listening to this episode of the road to Moscow here on the top flight podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms. (laughs)